listening to episode 189 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name, as always, is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Wayne as we continue our look at the Netflix Showcase Canada co-production Travelers starring Eric McCormick and Riley Dolman. How you doing, man? Uh, good. Yeah. yeah. Frigid temperatures seem to be leaving, at least for a while. Yeah, just another goofy winter in maryland yeah, it was back. like 70 degrees uh two weeks ago and now it's like cold yeah good so. for you because you're back out to coaching lacrosse again right exactly well not uh, like a week a week from oh. tomorrow okay well, it'll so. probably be snowing by then yeah exactly all right well before we uh get into our episode discussion tonight Wayne and I want to remind you guys we'd love to hear from you via email at sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com website where you can leave a voicemail using the leave voicemail tab record your own audio clip if you'd like to send us the mp3 just send us a tweet at sci-fi tv rewatch and we'd encourage you to consider joining the facebook group and join the discussions there and before we go any further i hope you noticed that we got facebook group member number 100 yes we did now i don't know if you know james or not and i would certainly be remiss to, to not acknowledge that that member number 100 James Ellison uh I've you know when I say known known him certainly through the internet uh, but James was one of the biggest supporters of the continuum podcast that that Mike and I did liberate and he also I know you've seen that huge cast photo of the yeah. continuum cast that is in studio b oh james set you up with that james sent us that from germany he actually sent two and we sent one and when i say we michael handled all that stuff <laughs> but, but but sent it to vancouver the cast signed it and then they auctioned it off for charity so you know i mean it was really just a, a tremendous thing for james to do we're so glad to have you aboard james and he's jumped right in on the uh facebook group he's got a thread going on my favorite show at the moment the hundred and uh there's threads going about a new show that that aired i know you haven't seen it i i dvr'd it called time after time which is uh, are you familiar with that so is it like kind of based on the movie Yes, it is. Exactly. Oh, okay. I really like that movie. Well, you know, anytime you deal with a show like this and it's picked up by one of the major three networks, my expectations are pretty low. And, right. and the, there's the late a, season uh, startups. Sorry. Sure. And there's a, there's a thread going on the Facebook group now. So, it, you know, I'm not going to. I'm just kind of looking at it cursorily because I don't want to, you know, spoil it once I watch it. But it seems to be getting mixed reviews, which is pretty much what I see, uh, you know, from a, a lot of the reviewers on the Internet as well. But, uh, you know, it's got a cool premise. So I'm going to at least take a look at the pilot, which apparently is pretty long. I guess it was a two hour premiere. OK, that's cool. So, Have you seen the movie? Uh, you know, it's been so long. I don't even remember it, to tell you the truth. So I'm just going to say no okay. <laughs> for all intents and purposes. That that was a movie that, um, you know, we talk about, you know, the coming home from church Sunday morning and then there being like, you know, movies on one of the four channels we got. Um, and that was just a, for a, a stretch there. It seemed like that movie was on a lot and we saw, yeah, we watched it every single time and really liked that movie. So that's cool. Yeah. Not not enough, obviously, that I actually want to watch the TV show, but... 
Well, I'll, I'll report back to you and, and you can okay. check in on the uh, thread that's going on in the Facebook group. And, and you know, I was asking you because I, I couldn't remember the title, but, but Michael Keller certainly started a, a number of threads or posted some articles about Mystery Science Theater 3000 coming back. And, and I guess it actually hasn't aired yet, or maybe I missed something, but, um, it, you know, I guess our message to you guys out there is to start threads on whatever show whatever movie you want whether it's current i know we're sci-fi tv rewatch but yeah you know as long as it's genre related all's good so knock yourselves out and um you know i think that's what people have been doing so keep doing it and james welcome aboard bring on board anybody you want uh, as we always remind you guys uh, you can bring anybody into the facebook group you want it doesn't have to be uh you know wayne or me that approves them so yep this so. is a true democracy yes it is so my students today on their quiz what's totalitarian mean <sighs> oh dear but but i look now that's bad but i i did get to talk to them seriously about the importance of them understanding skynet as a cultural illusion <laughs> right. which which now you're laughing but i mean no, i'm laughing because we were talking about this before and yeah i, I mean, mean i agree a, obviously it's like, right and now i think i lost them when i told them that eventually their phones would take over the world and uh, you know they've already done so oh well that was my point Just, <laughs> i mean it's it, going to it's done so and then yeah. one kid said well I don't want to be the leader of the resistance. I know that. So <laughs> anyway, passively submit to our overlords. Exactly. Well, <laughs> let's move on because speaking of leaders, I mean, this episode really did give us kind of an inside look that we really hadn't seen before about these five member teams and the leaders of each team. So this one's episode four of season one entitled hall and it was written by Pat Smith, directed by Martin Wood, who's done one or two things in the genre field. He's directed Killjoys, Dark Matter, 27 episodes of Sanctuary. Nice. 47 episodes of Stargate SG-1, nice. 29 of Stargate Atlantis, uh, and for good measure, five episodes of Andromeda. So wow. I, I think Mr. Wood knows what he's doing. And this one aired December 23rd, 2016. So- you know, like I said, it, it, we, we got to see the leader of another five-member team, and his name in the show is Rick Hall. But a, as a guest star, I'm guessing you're not familiar with him unless he's in some other show that I don't know about. But the actor's Louis Ferreira, who has been in Aftermath, Primeval New World, but he's most well-known as Colonel Everett Young on Stargate Universe, which I've mentioned several times I'm, I'm watching for the first time. I'm midway through season two, and his character is so very similar. But what what'd you think of him as a character? Well, he was an asshole. Um, but you understand kind of like why a little bit. Really a fascinating character, though. Like, great. I mean, like, pretty much – I mean – Despite the bits they threw out there to like you know to make him more sympathetic, like he really wasn't because you know like the whole trying to take over the team that's that's kind of where he lost me, you know right, but you know I, I guess that's what's so fascinating about so many of these genre shows is that and, and you 
started out just the way I would have, you know, that he comes across as a, an unlikable character, a, a, a you know, a, a really nasty guy who, who uh, you know, just wants to, as you said, come in and take over. But when you really sit down and analyze what he's doing and saying, you understand. And in fact, he says to McLaren, you're new here, aren't you? And And you right. wonder if it's that he's become jaded or just realistic. I think when you become jaded, part of that is losing your idealism, you know? Um, so I think those two go, go hand in hand. I don't think being a realist makes you jaded, but I think being jaded would make you a realist. Okay. You know, and- so I, I was with him, like I said, right up until, I mean, I wasn't with him per se, but I kind of like got it. I understood but then when he made the play to take over the team and doing it in a back well i mean like in an upfront and backhanded manner both you know you know it's like he seems like a guy who like i don't know if he really had the best interests of the team at heart it seemed like he was interested in the power of being the leader it seemed to me yeah and that's really hard to get a a, a handle on because the mission was all about recovering that device, whatever it's to be used for. You know, we've certainly talked about, I guess it was last week, about were soldiers at a premium in the future because otherwise, why would they be sending back people like Philip, who's really questioning what it is the mission's all about right from the start? It's not like he's been back here for whatever amount of time. But I, I wonder, do we get an answer in that we learn that the, the director obviously placed McLaren and Carly on the same team despite their romantic connection? Right. So, so does that speak to the fact that soldiers, travelers are at a premium in the future? Um, yeah. I, you know, this episode really made – I mean, obviously, each – so far, each episode has made me question more and more what the future is like and trying to imagine it. And this one, more than any of the others, I think, was really like, you're just thinking, what the hell is going on in the future, right? Yeah. Like, at one point, I'm like, do they even have bodies in the future, right? No. I know that it's out there, but – and. It's the scene with Trevor when he's like running around the track and he's like kind of looking at his fingers and everything. Like, I guess you could say, especially we find out that he's like super old, right? Well, he he's older than all of us combined, I think they say. I think super old would cover that, right? Yes. <laughs> um, so, it, you know, it could be just he's like psyched to be in a young body or it could be he's psyched to be in a body, right? Sure. So, I don't know. No, um, no, that's a good look. That's a good point. We we talked last week about we don't know how far in the future they've come from. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, it it we we've seen a couple times now people are asking McLaren, "Oh, you're you're new here, right? Like uh like you got that rookie shine on you still." Um and this is the first time we really have seen someone who's very, you know, jaded and not really uh, like like a soldier who's been in the field for a long time. Um you know, kind of has lost the enthusiasm for the ideals of the cause, but is still, you know, doing what he's ordered to do. Right. But then that comes back to, as we were talking a minute ago, the conflict between McLaren and Hall, which 
really raises questions about McLaren's willingness to get his hands dirty. And, you know, on the one hand, as dislikable as Hall is, he's not wrong in a lot of his thinking regarding the mission, because I think what comes out of this for me is the message to McLaren's team that you have to be willing to do whatever has to be done for the mission. And But, th- but see, here's my question, though. How many people are left in Hall's team? Well, it's just Hall and the other guy. Right. That, I don't remember. So, you know, would we count Hall as a successful leader? Would we say that he knows how to do this? I mean, if he had all five of his team members still, I'd say, okay, there's a guy you listen to. But here's a guy who is, you know, his team's not okay. Well, although this mission, I guess, is where – I guess three of them got killed. And, and as he explains it to McLaren, that it was really other travelers that got greedy and, and, and basically turned on them. So yeah, is still. that, is, well, I, I know what you're saying, but I, I guess I have a difficult time blaming him for that. And, and even if it is his fault, we get the idea he's been here for a while. Right. And so I, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it just seems like, I mean, he let another team of travelers get the drop on him and stuff like that. It's just, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm not necessarily looking at him to think, oh, t- tell me your sage advice because you're, you know, you're just so super successful at, at, uh, at your job, right? Right. But I guess what's difficult is with the one protocol where they're really not supposed to have any interaction with other teams. I mean, is one team really going to be out there surveilling another team to see what they're doing? I I just, I don't know. But what I really am waiting to find out, we know that the director or the director's uh, subordinates, somebody is surveilling what's going on here. So what's his read going to be on what McLaren's team has done, which is basically allow Hall and the other guy whose name I forget get arrested yeah right and basically get them out of the game unless they get good lawyers and you know maybe they'll get uh phillips guy <laughs> yeah right so, well you got philip out right right all right well yeah you know, let's take a look at the opening scene uh mclaren and his partner are on a stakeout and, and and this is of course the you know the scene with hall's team they're watching a group of men exchanging some kind of device, and, and it was a big duffel bag full of money. But before the FBI can intervene, they start shooting each other, drive off with the device, but the money gets left behind. And then when McLaren speaks to one of the men shot, it turns out that he delivers a message that assistance is needed and proceeds to give McLaren the coordinates. And that's. Uh, oh, oh, oh what, that, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. And that, that's when that's things what, start that, to get fuzzy. That, that's what I was thinking. Because, uh, you know, like. The, the directors and they know this are like, or the, that's just the director is quiet. Like, you know, like for all this stuff that's going on and between the two teams and these two teams joining up and everything, you know, last episode we were getting messages left, right and center from the director today after this one, like nothing. Right. Well, well and out of this scene, we learned that traveler teams have gone rogue. So it's not just this one. And we learned that, that one of these teams is apparently Russian. So 
how worldwide, how, how spread around the, the different continents the travelers are, we don't know yet. Perhaps we'll get more of a, some insight into that. But, but I feel like someone said, well, they said there's like a thousand teams out there, right? Or something like that. Yeah, or a thousand travelers. Or a thousand I'm, travelers, I'm, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. So but. I guess when they said that, I just kind of pictured it being, you know, worldwide. Right. So, you know, all hell breaks loose. You know, the guys get shot. Uh, they, we've got two severely wounded travelers. And then that's when Marcy and Carly arrive. Triage the situation, inform Hall that the only hope is to have one of the men donate blood so that the other can live. Again, it's one... <laughs> I. I Everything seems to come back to the hundred for me, but that's the kind of decision that it seems Clark is constantly making. She tells him, I can't save both. Hall has to decide. And again, it's it's the kind of decision that I personally and any any of the listeners that have watched Stargate Universe, you 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 know, you just see the colonel in his character. And I, I just really think he's a great actor in, in, in certainly in this role as Rick Hall and, and certainly in Stargate Universe as well. But he's got to decide, and we see that poignant dilemma right off the bat. You know, he he makes a decision. You know, you you yeah. can't save both. I think I I can't remember, but I I think she tells him that the one guy there's really no hope of saving him you know it's basically the well yeah that's i got the the impression that the other guy was like bleeding internally and was doomed like there's no way she could save him right so it had had to be that guy right right now we get one question answered and and another perhaps answered you you mentioned that scene with trevor on the track he seems delighted as you point out in this young athletic body that allows us to infer that perhaps in the future he's much older and we find out later, yes, he's much, much older. Although we have no real reference point, you know? Right. Cause they said he's older than everyone put together. And that's like, that seems like that would be very, very old. But then again, once again, how old are they? Right. We don't know. What sex are they? We right. don't know. I mean, maybe he suffers from physical problems. Maybe he's paralyzed in the future. Right. For all we know. Uh, that said, we do know that he has absolutely zero clue how to throw a football. No, that was awful. And I mentioned that, I think, either last week or the week before, that that might be the telling point that, <laughs> yeah, but that gives still, him away. What are people going to think? Oh, a, someone from the future has just inhabited my son's body. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or, but like you know, I mean that scene where they're in um, Jennifer Spence's office and he's just like, "Yeah, I'm going to do much better in school. I'm going to concentrate on science. And I'm not going to play football anymore." Right. And then it's just like drop the mic, boom. Right. Well, especially his dad. Yeah. So I don't know whether he was counting on him getting a scholarship or not. His dad but- was obviously counting on him to get a scholarship. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but before that, uh, as Wayne and I always do anytime there's an episode that has a scene in a high school i cannot believe under any circumstance one of our counselors would walk out to the track after school to talk to one of our athletes about his or her grades is it after school it seemed like it was during the day either way right (laughs) either way but she tells him she wants to meet with him and his parents to go over his transcript. And he's like, well, you know, don't you think it would be better if it was just me? And she reminds him, dude, you're 17, which I thought at first 
was, I don't want to say a throwaway line, but then we, we, you know, we've been talking about how old is he. Right. And I think, you know, you're 17. No, I'm 170 or (laughs) I'm 117 or whatever, you know, in reality. So, all right. Now, Now, one of the other things we've been talking about is the change that, some of the characters have gone through obviously because they're they're inhabiting new bodies but the fact that people are noticing and jeff who who's carly's police officer ex-boyfriend i guess is how we'll have to really uh label him says you've changed you're like a completely different person and that's of course right after she need him in the groin yeah she's probably like she's never kicked me in the nuts before something different about her well well yeah and, and the the question is how far is he going to go to find out what's really going on and, and but, but look, again like the, the truth is beyond his comprehension of right? course sure so but he, he you know he he seems to be persistent he's researching on the internet he tracks down david and and you know while it's understandable, you wonder whether her approach to Jeff puts her true identity at risk. I mean, should she just try a less heavy-handed approach? I mean, granted, her first experience with him, she was physically abused, right? So so we get that, and, and she certainly not come into the situation unable to defend herself. But again. You have to realize what it is you're you're here for, and I, I guess I just feel like maybe she should back off for the sake of the mission, not because it's the right thing to do morally or ethically, but to keep their identities a secret. Yeah, but I mean, I, you know, I, I get that, but I mean, it's still this idea of like w- what secret is there? There's, you know, like the. Yeah. the Again, the truth is just so mind-blowingly out there that it's just it's. I think they're they're fairly. I mean, obviously they're they're trying to keep. You know, they're trying to maintain the host life as much as they can. But um, you look at Hall and Luca, and you know, I think uh, one of them even asked Luca. I think Marcy says, "Do you have like wife, kids?" And he just kind of like gets quiet. You know. Oh, what, like they maybe died or? Or that his, you know, his life now as a traveler, he he wasn't able to maintain the relationship with Luca's family. You know, it's, it's what I kind of took that as a little bit. So, because, you know, like Marcy asks him about, you know, they're, they're talking about their hosts and, and, and their, their host lives. And, and she says something about, you know, wife and kids. He just gets quiet, like. Well, yeah, you know the guy. This guy, Luca, did have a wife, did have kids, but uh, you know, I don't know if it's as dramatic as they were killed, or I think probably just his life on these missions. He was unable to maintain that former life, and then you really think about, it, like, you know, I mean, even though that's part of their their rules is that they're supposed to keep their their the host life going uh as it was before it's impossible we're seeing that already that it's just except for philip uh none of these other you know travelers are, are really successfully maintaining um the the life that their host was leading before right and you you know we don't really know 
exactly how long they've been there. I mean, is it a matter of weeks yet? I think last time I said days, but you know, it may even be weeks at this point. But still, it's a lot to take in. So again, that that's one of the things that that's so fascinating to watch about this. But then you wonder, like you mentioned, Luca, maybe the people they send to the past are, are people that don't have families. So, you know, at some point, maybe we'll find out at this point, we, we really don't have a clue. Yeah. But we but, see, you know, is I think McLaren is actually a, like the one who, like, I, I wanted to actually bring it up last week. And it was like one of the things I meant to say is that eventually he's going to have to have sex with this woman, his wife. Yes. Yes. Right? Like, she's starting to mention it. Like, and so, you know, it's been a while if, if the woman's starting to mention it, right? Um, so, uh, uh, I'm not. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he's going to have to do, go there eventually, but he's like, seemed so like, again, like that's, it would seem like that's kind of like the part of the job that, all right, you know, buck up soldier. It's not that bad. You can do this. Right. But he seems so resistant to it. Um, which then, yeah, like. We don't even know like what gender or orientation like the travelers are from before, right? No, I we mean, don't. Just because he's in a dude's body now doesn't mean he was a dude before, right? Well, that's true. But but it's also got to be difficult that he has Carly on the team with him, and we clearly know they have an intimate relationship. So that's probably at least in part why he hasn't done it yet with his wife but as you said sooner or later he's gonna have to he's gotta get in there right because clearly the relationship he has with his wife is you know for somebody that it looks like they've been married for a while and and everything seems cool i mean you know i mean appearances can be deceiving we, we know but everything seems to be fine so again i guess we'll we'll see now Ian Tracy's character, Ray, who's obviously Philip's lawyer and, and new companion, shows up at the Traveler's HQ with drugs for Philip. And I, I'm sitting there the whole time thinking, dude, you, you got this vast array yeah. of computer equipment that doesn't seem to catch Ray's attention. He only notices Philip's death window yeah, and immediately thinks it's got something to do with gambling tips. Right. And then well, he pulls out his phone. <laughs> Yeah, and, and yeah you get to take a picture of it, right? Right. Now, we're not, I don't know if we know he took a picture or if Philip said something and he stopped or he snapped one off. I, I took it that, that Philip stopped before he was able to. Really and and that's what I did as well. But I, it just seems fascinating and, and rather unbelievable that, I mean, how many monitors does he have there, right? This, his connection to Philip is. This junkie who let his friend die without calling 911 was arrested, and I bailed him out. And now he's giving me tips that seem to uh, bear out, and I'm winning money, and but none of this catches us. All right, whatever. Right. Well, I think, I think he's just like single-minded, right? So he's there just to, you know, for to get another tip. Right. Right. And so, you know, therefore it kind of just shuts out the rest of the world. Right. Now, now, you know, we we talked about Hall as, as being a character that's immediately unlikable and and certainly 
Jeff, the the police officer, has been rather unlikable yeah. for for obvious reasons. You almost feel sorry for him because you know he approaches Marcy outside of David's place. For and Jeff, not, yeah, yeah. Well, let me get to that in a second. Why I'm saying that? All right. Uh, not so subtly threatens her about beating up those thugs and then living with her social worker. And I'm thinking like, okay, Carly's already beat the crap out of you multiple times. Yeah. You keep pushing Marcy. You saw what she can do. <laughs> I mean, dude, yeah. are you are you just asking to be kicked again? Oh, yeah. well, he's got two of them. So uh, he's got two of them. So that, that <laughs> when when I said I almost felt sorry for him, that's why. Because on the one hand, you understand why he's so intrigued by what's going on here. Yeah, and, and I'm it, sorry, guy who beats his wife and girlfriend. Oh, no, no, no. Oh. Yeah, like that absolutely zero. I don't care. That guy, to me, hasn't been kicked in the nuts enough. Uh, no question. I agree <laughs> with you on that. But I think it bears watching how dogged his pursuit of the truth is becoming. And again, I go back to what you you said You know, multiple times today and even last week. Who's going to believe the truth? Right, and there is that. So, still, the now granted, she is a scientist with particle theory, blah blah blah, whatever, and and I think she kind of believes that they are time travelers. But you know, we'll see. Yeah, now, I think I think Jeff's going to get popped. I think he's going to be he he's not going to make it out of this season alive. I don't think. Okay, now another one that while he doesn't seem to really be putting the pieces together it's almost as if he gets caught in the middle of this web and and that's mclaren's partner forbes Mm -hmm. who's tracked down hall and already has the subpoenas so you know they have to leave the building and and again mclaren points out that he's not an idiot He's he's putting these pieces together, and and of course he says the th- same thing to Philip, who who's getting rather careless. But by the time the FBI arrives, the travelers have left, and Hall had booby trapped the place with a bomb. At first, I'm thinking ostensibly to to co- uh, destroy evidence of their true identity, and while I believe that's true, I'm starting to wonder whether he intended to take out McLaren. I, I don't know if he meant to get McLaren, but he. It seemed like he was taking a good shot at trying to take out some of the FBI guys, for sure. Well, I mean, that point is raised to him, and he has a, a response that, well, it had to look real. McLaren had to to not know it was coming. But but I really wonder, because, it go, again, it goes back to what you said at the, the beginning of the podcast about whether he wanted to take over the team for selfish purposes you know, the power, if you will. And, and you know, I, I'm beginning to wonder whether or not that scene was really intended to be a coup of sorts. Yeah, that's very likely. So now, now we've talked about the, the different vagaries of the, the, the different team members lives that they've had to assume. And Carly, I, I guess is the driver and the getaway driver at, at this point, she's picked up Hall and the others, but it's the baby's presence that reminds us of all the challenges that, yeah. that each of them continues to face in addition to the normal problems they have because they're time travelers trying to change history and prevent yeah. this bleak future, whatever it is. Right. And go back to Luca. I mean, how long can you maintain that before you just 
have to dump that old life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Where you just say, hey, listen, I'm different. I can't be with you anymore. I got to go. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and speaking of got to go, we've got the meeting that we talked about uh, earlier with the guidance counselor, Ms. May, and, you know, Trevor and his parents are sitting there and they're talking about his studies and he's, you know, I'm going to do better. And then, of course, he gets a call from McLaren and he just walks out of the meeting. But yeah, after after his mom just throws out there like, the internet porn issue. Yeah. And, and it throws out the dad, too. <laughs> it's like, right. But. But, you know, as he's walking out, it's like, you know, I'll work on the grades and, oh, by the way, I'm not going to play football anymore. And his dad's like, what the hell? Yeah. You know, Hall, and, and you're wondering why this is Hall's perspective, because he's concerned that Trevor is too young to be working on this device, which was damaged in, in the, the gunfight. And that's when Carly tells him that the kid's older than all of us put together, which, again, is a little confusing because... I'm assuming, like I think you are, is that in this future, the lifespan has expanded well beyond what we know to be normal today. Or is it something even, I don't know if it's cooler, but creepier that that like they're hooked up to some kinds of machines or, or whatever and they don't have yeah. bodies? Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, is it possible that they really don't have bodies? Their consciousness is you know stored maybe or yeah i don't know yeah it's um or is it just hyperbole on her end well yeah i don't know about that but i mean it, i don't think so be. yeah i don't think so either but i mean i i, I thought you know she like meant that kind of literally um no but, i agree uh, i did too but yeah it really makes you question like what what the yeah, again, just this episode was just so like there's so much of like what is the future like, you know? Like stuff like that it just blows my mind. Yeah. And then also in the scene we really start to see the emotions getting raw. McLaren and Hall are going at each other over expectations and and McLaren finally stands up to Hall for pushing his team members, which was certainly good to see because uh you know, again, I think Maybe it's because he's always wearing the suit and he's always dressed so, you know, I, I guess more businesslike than the others. But it, it, it's almost as if I was half expecting Hall to just, you know, go out and kick his ass when you know, it's not as if McLaren can't defend himself as well. So. Sure. So, so while Hall is there, he wants to use Phillip's computers to make contact with you know, I'm not sure who, I, I guess the director or the director's representatives or whatever. And Philip seemed a little reluctant to let him do it. I, yeah. I guess it's just a matter of trust. Yeah, he'll trust him. He told, he basically told them they shouldn't trust him when he said how the, you know, the traveler team is turning on each other all the time. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, dude, can I use your computer? I'd be like, no, 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 no absolutely not. Right. And, and then we've got, I think maybe the the most intriguing plot point of this episode, while he's on the computer, Marcy asks him about an emergency evacuation in her shelter block when she was really young. And the, and the bottom line is, she says, since there are so few of us left, she wonders whether Luca could be her brother. Right. 
since they both suffered night terrors. Now, we go back to what she says. There's so few of us left. Does she just mean human beings in general or or what? Yeah, I, I, th- I, I thought she meant like people. Yeah, like people in general. There weren't many left. Yeah. But then, of course, Hall tells her, Protocol 2, leave the future in the past. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good line. Right. But it, it leads into arguably the most tense scene in the episode when, when Hall lectures them about not being committed, calls them tourists, <laughs> and then makes that, that statement, don't think the future doesn't get its hands dirty, you know, mentioning killing, rigging elections, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. And noticeably, McLaren's not there when this is going on. And, and while Hall's not totally wrong, you know, their identities weren't of their choosing. I mean, Marcy didn't choose to inhabit the body of a mentally challenged girl who was more or less tied to a social worker as Carly didn't choose to be a young mother with a baby. So again, I just can't believe Hall hasn't seen these kinds of problems that travelers have had to cope with. Yeah. Well, I mean, of course he has, right? He, he must have. Yeah, of course. So, so, but I think they did a nice job of balancing these tent scenes with one. We see cat bringing, uh, McLaren dinner at his office, but you know, it's almost as if she needed to just see that he's not having an affair. He really is working. <laughs> and going back to what you said, I, I it's, look, it's got to happen sooner. It's, 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 he's got to, he's got to ha- do it sometime. You, you know, and then like we, you know, later on, we think it, it, it is happening is because his wife mentions it and we see he's, uh, sitting up in bed naked, but of course it's Carly that he's been with. So. Yeah, which was a cool twist, I, I must say. It was a nice little twist. I mean, you could argue it was trope-like, but uh, no, I'm okay with it at this point. <laughs> it definitely was trope-like, but yeah, it, it was minor. We can let let them get away with it. In this right. One, well, I think it also speaks to how difficult it must be for the two of them um, because we don't know if the other three team members know that they had a relationship in the future so they may be trying to hide it from them as well right which it does kind of seem like that right it it does because we just see these little furtive glances maybe a touch of the fingers here and there and and just you know the other thing i guess that that was pretty interesting here is mclaren's approach to dealing with hall so i'm not sure if it was philip's idea or McLaren's idea, but Ray apparently rented, purchased, whatever, this this house that he's acquired. And obviously, Ray, well, he, you know, what is it for? He tells him, it's a safe house for time travelers. <laughs> yeah, okay, right. fine. Don't it's tell a- me, Ray. Okay. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> All right. Now, they fixed that device, which, you know, is at the center of Hall's mission, and we still don't know what it was. And, and he's supposed to his mission is to hand it off to another team, but obviously the larger conflict begins to explode when Forbes calls McLaren and tells him they've ID'd Hall and Luca, prompting Hall to suggest Forbes be killed. I gotta tell you, when McLaren goes out to that deserted right. warehouse yeah. area, whatever, yeah, we thought he was gonna do it, right? I thought he was gonna do it, yeah, or. Yeah. or 
that he was going to sit there and, and really, you know, have the gun pointed at him, agonizing over whether to pull the trigger right. and Hall maybe just come up behind him and, and do it himself. Yeah. I, yeah. I was already making contingency, contingency plans in my head as far as, well, how's he going to cover this up? How's he going to, you know, like, and the thing is, I'm, I'm really going to be very disappointed in McLaren if, if he kills Forbes. Because despite what Hall's saying, it's not like, you know, and this is the the thing I say again about Hall's leadership is, you know, his team was definitely on the rough end of things and, you know, and three of them get killed. So, like, I mean, obviously, if McLaren kills his partner, like, that's going to be tough to cover up, right? Well, sure. Like maybe even impossible to. So this is where it starts where you do things that you, you know, now you, you can't maintain your former life and now you're on the fringes and, and everything. So, you know, but, uh, but yeah, they definitely set it up. Like we're pretty sure, like it looked like he really, really, really was going to do it. But the ironic twist there where, you know, Hall rolls up and they arrest him. That was like perfect. Yeah, it was perfect because to do otherwise would McLaren would have McLaren giving in to Hall's way of thinking, and and, and we see that Philip, you know, he really feels for McLaren having to kill Forbes, but Marcy tells him that McLaren doesn't have to do anything, and you you wonder whether he took Hall's, uh, you know, accusations earlier that they're not serious about the mission to heart, but of course it, it couldn't have. Uh, uh, ended up in, in a, a better fashion. Right. So well, it, it, that's a great point though, that he doesn't have to do anything. Like the director hasn't ordered him to do a- anything here. So like, he doesn't have to help hall he certainly doesn't have to let hall take over as, as team leader because they haven't been ordered to do any of that stuff. Right. And, and then I thought the, the best twist in this scene is that, it's Trevor dressed as an FBI agent in SWAT gear that's able to recover the device. Right. And then Carly and Trevor hand it off to another team who tells them, so long as it works, Helios isn't far away. Yeah. Like, what? Exactly. What? Like Helios. So. Yeah. The Greek guy of the sun. Yeah. Okay. But then it's that look that Hall gives McLaren as he's driven off in custody. And, and it's, is he thinking that I underestimated this guy? Is it? I, I think he's thinking, I'm, you, are, you are dead. Yes. D-E-D, dead. Yes. Uh, now, McLaren speaks to the team via the comms about having uh, turned on a fellow traveler. And while that's got to be you know, a, a source of angst on his part, at least he didn't kill him. So, you know, even though that, that really seemed to be his only option, but then we see Philip wiping clean the board. Mm-hmm. Now, is that a result of Trevor having seen it last week? Or I think more of Ray having seen it. Okay. Just- Ray having seen it, or maybe just Very the recently, the- the cumulative effect, but well, because like you know, he realized, oh shit, it's just it's up there. Anyone can come in and see this, and and that's that's so not good, right? And and as he's talking, you know, we see Philip doing that. Marcy's returned to David's. Trevor's studying in bed, 
I don't know what he was studying, probably science, because as he right. said, he doesn't really need to study history. Right. Um, and, then, and then, of course, it's that, that final reveal. Tell me we did the right thing. And it turns out that McLaren's talking to Carly. Right. And, you know, like you said, that's got to be weird for the two of them because she knows he's got a wife. And we don't know. You know, maybe they're married in the future. Right. Yeah. Could be. So. Could be. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I feel like this is another strong episode. I'm going straight A on this one. Yeah, I gave it an A. No, no minuses this time. Just a straight up and a. this was a great episode it really it was really really good again like it just yeah and and it's it's I, I like watching because it just is like what i like best about genre you know television or fiction or whatever where it just makes you think of all these things you know like what what could possibly be actually going on and of course we don't no, but just like I said on a number of occasions, I probably said like five times this podcast that to me, what the future like is is fascinating. Like, like every little bit of information we get about it, just I'm like, holy cow, you know? And, and you know, like when is it? What's it like? What are they like? What are they? You know, is again like I go back to is is McLaren actually a dude? Is Carly actually a girl? Yeah. Right. You know, or just little things like that. I mean, we have no idea. Um, you know, because, you know, Trevor, who's apparently the youngest, his host is the youngest of of the group. We find out he's the oldest. Yeah. You know? And just stuff like that. It just is really, really cool. Yeah. Now I'm guessing that they are inhabiting bodies that are the same gender that they were in the future since they know the time of death and they know you know the the individual whose body they're going to inhabit but but like you said sure. we don't but we don't know that for sure. right right sure that's right i'm not gonna hang my hat on that and say oh this is my big theory of the week or anything like that because um i know from listening to some other podcasts i'm talking to you uh westworld with jay and jack um you know, hearing too many crazy, ridiculous, stupid theories uh, gets to be annoying at times, you know. Is Jack still doing a crackpot theory? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, and just when you throw, throw out stuff from just completely left field, you have no basis for in the actual evidence that you've seen in front of you, then I, I did not find that attractive. But uh, so I, I don't want to like haul – but, you know, it does – you know, your brain goes in all these different directions of what could possibly be uh, the situation and, and what things could possibly be like. I mean, do I think that they are actually sending back like people in, you know, like you're a different gender than the, your host? Well, I mean, it doesn't really make much sense, right? Like if you were the director, you probably wouldn't do that because, I mean, dudes know how to act like a dude and the girl knows how to act like a girl. You put like a female back in the dude's body and you know, it could be like it won't be like it'd be like that extra challenge of being uh, believable, right? Right, and sure. continuing the host life. But it's just like because they could be anyone and anything, we have no idea what they're like in the future. I just that I don't know. I just find that really kind of cool. Yeah. So, all right. Anything else? Um. 
you know, I have to go back through all my notes to figure out. I, we jumped all around this time. Usually it's just we start at the beginning and go straight through. But, man, we were up and down. I was scrolling all over my notes tonight. I like it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like it. All right. Well, why don't we leave it there? We could just leave it there. Oh, except for uh, when Trevor gets a text and says, I'm grounded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then, you know, like Hall uses that later. He's like, you're worried about being grounded. Are you freaking kidding me? And it's like, yeah. wait, I, I, the last I recall, part of their directives was to continue with the host life. You know, like if they, because if they, I'm sure the easiest thing for all of them would be to just cut, sever all relationships and just run off. And, and like Hall's group, they're, they're basically like terrorists living on the edge of society. Well, that's the easy way to do it, but apparently you're supposed to actually inhabit this person's body and try to maintain a normal life while still carrying out the missions, right? That's right. And you might be waiting for years yeah. at some point. So, like I said, I just, I, I, I didn't, I, I wasn't really feeling a lot of what Hall was, was putting out there, but yeah. Yeah, I understand. So. All right, well, we'll leave it there. Uh, great episode as we said want to thank you guys for joining us tonight we'd love to hear from you with follow-ups about any of the librarians episodes we talked about in the past of, of course travelers we're now four episodes in uh, anything else you think we should be watching either tell us about it post it on the facebook group like to encourage you to join said facebook group and if you're already a member spread the word emails can come to sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com or voicemails via the speak pipe tab which you can get through the website We'll be back next week to discuss Season 1, Episode 5 of Travelers, titled Room 101. But until then... So, Dave, I just was listening to some of the old Fatalist podcasts we did when we started out, and I just realized I wasn't very bright in the old days.